1: Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter.
4: Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
0: The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed.
5: As Obi-Wan Kenobi once said, hello there, and welcome to Force Center Presents Bank Dive. I'm Ken Napsack.
6: And I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and we are thrilled to be doing some diving into the databank. This is the show where we pick something a little wilder, a little bit weirder, maybe just a little bit of something we are trying to wrap our heads around and discuss the hell out of it for a limited time. <laughs>
5: limited time we did the first season of this on the uh, companion app a great app for sci-fi fans check that out if you'd like but today joseph i've got the helm and i decided to well go to a character a creature (laughs) question mark of uh, that we've discussed a lot in other places, uh, maybe even at a data bank brawl back in the day. I can't quite remember that. Uh, but as uh, it elicits, elicits opinions. And uh, this is uh, what we got today. Today, we are going to be discussing and diving in to gullet.
6: I'm so excited for Bo- gullet. When you sent over, you know what, I want to talk about gullet. I was like, yeah, why aren't we talking about gullet more often in general? Not only on a Star Wars podcast, but in life. I should be bringing up Borg Gullet at least once a day.
5: As you should. And we all, when you hear that name, you hear Forrest Whitaker as Saw saying, Borg Gullet! And that's the way I think it should be said. We'll try not to just yell that all through the show. And look, it's Andor season. So we're asking, you know, hey, what characters might show up in Andor? Borg Gullet is on the on the table for me is showing up <laughs> <Go on. laughs>
6: i think so i think with everything that tony gilroy has said is grounded is real and you see those great uh teaser scenes with uh saw guerrera and in Luthen, and uh in the background i just want somebody to shout like uh saw uh we just got more gallant
5: <laughs> yeah yeah we're going out to get a more gallet. uh and what's fascinating is you know, Gilroy comes in for mostly what you, uh, you know, we kind of assume is the third act of Rogue One, and a lot of that is him. And I'm sure there was some other work. So who knows? Maybe Borgullet was uh, in development from the early stages. So maybe he's like, nah, that's I don't really enjoy that kind of Star Wars. Yet Moroff is in the background in Andor, mm-hmm. so maybe he's like, no, bring it all in. I love it. It's bizarre. Let's do it. So we'll we'll find out. Yeah. Well, uh, as we always uh, do on the show here, we're going to start off with what the Star Wars.com data bank has to say about Boar Gullet. And the answer, Joseph, is nothing. I can't believe it. I did not believe it. I looked, I double checked, I thought I might have missed it. I thought, do I not know how to use a search bar? But Boar Gullet is not listed on the StarWars.com data bank. Now, to be fair, Amy Ratcliffe does uh, have an article out there from a few years back uh, about uh, Boar Gullet on the website titled Five Truths You Might Not Know About Boar Gullet. Great little piece, some behind the scenes information. But, Joseph, I want to start right there before we even get to Wikipedia. How does that make us
6: Feel. <laughs> I, I am filled mostly with sadness i feel the bore gallet, uh deserves a starwars.com databank entry mm-hmm. i'm also just fascinated uh because one of the reasons that uh we started doing shows like databank brawl and this one databank dive is i'm, I'm kind of fascinated by star wars's official attempt to kind of keep this ongoing internet uh you know dictionary Uh, But it's so vast and different from the entries being either just kind of no nonsense information to being sort of weird and editorial to then things like this (laughs) where Borgollet, a major Rogue One character, just missing. It really intrigues me and it makes me think there's some Borgollet related accident that maybe there used to be a data bank entry but borgullet has taken that from our minds
5: yeah maybe Borgolllet's like this is what I want you to think was I there was I not there you don't know it's how I operate so we have to go to the wilds of Wikipedia uh, which is a fun place to be I think we a lot, of, a lot of times we spend there by the way I'll just put this out there if you're on the, the Wikipedia and you see a, a quiz, just click on it. It might be a username. You might recognize. I've been having <laughs> some fun, fun Here's what Wikipedia says. Bor Gullet was a purple-skinned Maron or Mayran. We're going to see how we both uh, decide to pronounce that. Uh, with the ability to read thoughts, Saw Guerrera used it to torture. That's a key word. Torture. Bodhi Rook on Jeddah to ascertain the truth behind his claim of being in contact with Galen Erso. Afterwards, Rook was, for a time, left a gibbering or gibbering, I guess is how you would say it, wreck, I don't think I've ever uh, seen, I I thought of a a chicken giblets right there, unable to speak a coherent thought and acting very panicky. Despite this, Rook showed some resilience as he recovered upon hearing himself referred to as the pilot and was able to recover enough of his senses to escape from Jeddah when Jeddah City was targeted by the super laser of the Galactic Empire's Death Star super weapon. You know what, obviously, not a lot of things in there about Borgullet, so (laughs) we got a little even more. Borg Gullet first appeared in the 2016 film Rogue One A Star Wars Story. This we know. The creature was illustrated by Ivan Manzella and was designed by the great Neil Scanlon. And it was sculpted at full size, which had never been attempted before. Two and a half tons of silicone were used in the process. And Borg Gullet was ultimately realized as a life-size 10 by 6 by 6 foot puppet operated by a crew of 15 puppeteers. Joseph, Um, let's just start there. What do you think about that?
6: That is amazing. I love the commitment. And then I was also reading uh, from the great Hal Hickel uh, that they did end up doing a lot of CGI, that it is a mix of this amazing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) record-breaking puppet. But then they realized the narrative demands of like, oh, it's got to squelch over to Bodie Rook and (laughs) invade his space and... The puppet's not doing the great at squelching. We thought it was maybe one tentacle, but turns out it's uh, 87 million tentacles exaggeration. Yeah. Uh, so I'm fascinated by that process, right? To yeah. build a record-breaking puppet and then still need to do a combination of puppetry and CGI. That's just the reality of filmmaking. It takes a whole team to make a boar gullet.
5: It takes a village. Makes me think of uh, Vexus in uh, Rise of Skywalker, right? Mm, Both back yeah. and kind of uh, de- de- delivered to screen as a, as a CGI uh, uh, thing. So that's, um, that's great. That's some great inf- inf- uh, information there. But again, I wouldn't say there's a ton on boar gullet. But we are going to dive on in. First of all, Joseph, as always, there's a tradition in Star Wars to not quite know how to say things. Mayran?
6: Uh, I would say Mayran, may-ran. Uh, yeah, because oh. I don't want to accidentally say moron. <laughs> Borgullet was a purple-skinned <laughs> moron. That feels mean.
5: It is mean. How would we physically describe boar Gullet or the Mayran in species, species in general?
6: Oh, well, Nightmare Fuel is the first thing. (laughs) Mm, Yes. yes. Uh, I like that the creature is designed to truly be terrifying. I I will probably say the words Cosmic Horror and Lovecraftian uh, 57 times in this Mm. podcast. That's one of the things that that I like about the vibe. So I I, I think that Borgallet is a a squelching terror of the night. Mm. Uh, If I was trying to be more specific, but not as helpful. Ken, do you know the Marvel uh, Comics villain, MODOK? I do, I do, yes. Right? The, something, the, something going on in the stomach there, right? Well, it's it's a modified organism designed only for killing. That's what MODOK stands for. MODOK stands for. Uh, but MODOK is a giant head with wee little limbs floating in a chair thing. Um, <laughs> so MODOK is terrifying because he's like almost all all head and wants to kill. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think of Borgalit as like if MODOK was an octopus, because you kind of look at, at Borgallet like, that's an octopus. Oh, if it yeah. was just mostly
5: head. <laughs> yeah. A Hedipus. Yes. That's-
6: a headopus. <laughs> a literal, there was the action figure when we were kids, Squidhead. This yes. is literally Squidhead.
5: Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's definitely a, a Kraken like uh, as well. Yeah. No, that's a great way to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. Nightmare fuel is right. Especially when you know, I don't know, when Saw yells boar gullet, you're like, that, that must be their friend in the back or something. And it is, just not <laughs> what I was
6: thinking. Yeah, is that a drink order? Is that uh, somebody delivering something? Nope. Yeah. Nope.
5: Yeah, I think you've done a great job describing uh, boar gullet and the Mayran species overall. Uh, and we're going to get to this uh, in a couple of different questions here, uh, mm-hmm. kind, of split apart, uh, kind of even looking at my notes. But um, what do you think upon learning that boar gullet was, for lack of a better description, uh, more of a proper name? And Sa was not calling for a generic creature because uh, Meiren's species, sometimes they were um, kind of erroneously referred to as boars in one early kind of Star Wars book around Rogue One. Mm. Uh, but that also kind of counts. It was later corrected to, well, uh, the species is this, but you can call them boars. But boar gullet is specific, the gullet is specific to this creature.
6: I went on such a journey uh, with this, including looking over these notes because I had a bunch of thoughts, and then I saw that later in your notes you, you clarified a bit of canon that I didn't know that that other mm-hmm. the, that that the species seems to have bore. Is the first part of their name, and then a different name, which throws everything into chaos.
7: <laughs> it does.
6: <laughs> but when I first saw Rogue One, I absolutely felt like this is the creature. It was like release the kraken, right? It was like it was bring forth the Borgullet. It was like uh, Borgullet again. Seems like a lovecrafting creature, an ancient unknowable old one, you know, like a, a mm. dweller of the dark that goes by some legendary, but not entirely un you know, mm. not entirely pronounceable name, right? And the yeah. best that a human lips can do is Borgullet. That's the closest to capturing <laughs> the essence of this horrific creature. But then learning that, no, that's, that's this one's name. Yeah. There is something about it that is, is funny in a way I enjoy where it feels like I thought he was like calling for the kraken. I thought he was yeah. calling Yog Sothoth. I thought he was calling forth <laughs> mighty Cthulhu from the depths, but it turns out Saw was just like yelling for Bob Longhands. That's that that's his name.
5: <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Yeah, no, and 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 this is uh you know in this modern era where uh you know star wars just the brand understands that you know squid squid face is not we want more than just that <laughs> name we want more than squid head we want we want the actual you know character here and uh and so i think some information gets rolled out in different ways that you might miss miss it in a visual uh, dictionary you you might miss it in a comic and so uh yeah it's interesting and and i, I i'm glad it was this way i'm i'm glad you know Saw didn't go bore gullet and Bodhi goes, What's that? Is that a species? No, that's the name of the Mayron species. <laughs> like, I'm glad we didn't have that. <laughs> Borgullet was enough. Show some respect. That's his name. <laughs> yeah, trust him by his name. So all I had to say, what what is the magic of boar gullet? What do they add to the legend and the wonder and the magic of Star Wars?
6: Oh wow! Well, I, I think for me, I, I think I never want to feel like uh, we, as an audience, have cataloged all of the endless creatures and mysteries across the stars. Right? right? I I love the idea that Star Wars can go on forever, and we'll hear about more beasts that we've never heard of. I love that in the in the sequel era, you know, even characters could land on a moon that's long forgotten and discover something. Mm. Uh, some ancient forgotten thing. And I love that Borgallet has that, that energy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love that. It's a touch of horror. A lot of us have talked about like um, wanting like a full horror movie in star Wars, but horror always pops up everything from like the jump scare of the Wampa hit and Luke in empire strikes back to the yeah. straight up, you know, Kaiju story of the Zillow beast in the clone wars. And I feel like Borgallet is of that tradition, adding a touch of horror in a film that has a lot of genres, right? It's it's a war movie. It's a spy movie. It's a movie about rebellion. Uh, but here's a, but a a touch of horror. Um, in particular, the, a really kind of, if monsters are, like, take something that scares us in real life and then personify it. You know, the fact that Borgalt feeds off emotions, takes memories. So really taking something that, a concept that humans can be afraid of and making it a physical squid guy. Mm-hmm. And kind kind of final thought for me on on why Borgala no. is so magical no. see like i don't i don't get to talk about borgallet enough so i'm yeah. um, no. yeah. just spewing forth um i think the reason that Borgala works to me in Rogue One is that Borgala's kind of of a personification of an element of fear you know the the big bad in star wars is always fear and mm-hmm. saw dancing on the edge of falling to the dark side and here's this creature that uh, personifies paranoia the fear that mm. everyone is lying to you always so you have to inflict horror uh on people like it, it, it's just like the Borgalid in in the way that uh, uh Saw uses it to torture Bodhi Rook is a personification of here's what endless combat does to you it, it mm-hmm. creates so much paranoia that you can't trust someone you meet you have to torture them first
5: no, this is great. This is why I, I know you really not just love this uh, creature, this this character, if you will, Mister Gullet, uh, but but what it represents <laughs> and and the, the the horror side of it, the the mythic B side, it works because again, this is when you think of Rogue One, you think gritty troops on the ground, boots on the ground, war film, and it is, and you think of mm-hmm. someone like Tony Gilroy coming in, you think of of what Gareth, uh, Gareth Edwards and Gary Witta and Chris Weitz were trying to put into the story. And it, it's all there. And I think, I think it's right to remember Rogue One for that. But then in the middle of it is this crazy, horrific nightmare fuel. Cause it is for me. Uh, and, and how Saw uses it and who saw, because, you know, we're not here to make light of that word torture uh, mm-hmm. at all. Um, and this is kind of a, a, a sillier version of the four center podcast brain here in this type, this type of show, but, who, who else do we know does that? It's Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Who does that the most in the original trilogy? Leia, uh, along with Tarkin, of course. Let's put some blame there. Uh, Han on uh, Cloud City. Uh, this is the dark side. It's dark side energy. It's the Imperial energy. And there is Saw, who's fighting a good fight, who's fighting for the good just cause. But how he does it is always the question. It's always the theme behind him. And I love what you said, that he can't even trust this as the truth. And there's probably some reason for that. That, mm-hmm. that it's just a starting point for his journey. But here's poor Bodhi just like, what are you t- I'm the pilot, I'm the pilot. And it's just that this has been done before. And if Saw had stayed alive, it would have been done again. Call for Borg Gullet. We know what that means around here. Ah, and we have to get answers because I can't trust anybody.
6: Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, and it's fascinating to me on top of that is who all is being victimized here? Obviously uh, Bodhi, but mm-hmm. does Borg Gullet comprehend what they're doing or is Borg Gullet just like, I'm so hungry for memories and emotions <laughs> and truths. <laughs> like is Borg Gollet's tummy just aching? It's does Mr. Gullet need to be fed?
5: Does it need to be fed? And, and it's, um, switching gears slightly. It's, uh, it's such a hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy character to me. What does it eat? Your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> what, what does it eat? Your truth.
6: With a pinch of paprika, your feelings and <laughs> truths with just a little paprika is a total Douglas Adams bit.
5: Yeah, like I always go to the, the planet of uh, of uh, mattresses in, in uh, one of the checker's <laughs> yeah. books. Yeah. Uh, discarded mattresses. Yeah, so it, it works on so many levels, and I think that's why it brings magic. And I think, um, I think I've think i grown to appreciate more Gullet, as often happens around here at Four Center. Uh, you and I and Jennifer share passions for specific things. And sometimes it does rub off on the other uh, Mm -hmm. voices here where I just love hearing you talk about Borg Gullet and and it, and it it helped expand my appreciation of it. Uh, And then more and more, as I just saw becomes one of my favorite characters in star Wars for what he is and what he represents and what he's also kind of a warning sign against. He's a valuable and important character and Borg Gullet, Borg Gullet is definitely part of that.
6: (laughs) Absolutely.
5: So that's great stuff. The Rogue One novelization by Alexander Freed goes into a little more detail about what happens to Bodhi's mind. I was going to pull some uh, little uh, clips, little excerpts, but I uh, didn't get around to that. I apologize, Borgullet. <laughs> um uh, So, yeah, Bodhi has it's a little bit more happens to him, a little bit more uh, of, uh, you know, you get a little bit more of the effects after having his mind read by Borgullet. Did you what do you like about learning that, or did you like about that? And would you have wanted that to be more clear in Rogue One, or did it, or did it work as is? A lot of questions in that question bucket. Pull what you want. <laughs> uh,
6: I remember really enjoying it when I read the Rogue One novelization. I admit I don't remember all of the details, uh, mm-hmm. so apologies if I get it wrong. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I remember it just getting getting inside how that actually felt. It's one thing to watch it on screen and kind of get like, okay, this is deeply unpleasant, this is upsetting. We see the after effect, uh, after effect uh, of him not quite remembering who he is in, in Catatonic. But I think, as I recall, the novel just kind of went into uh, making the audience feel what that was like, to feel the, the violation, mm-hmm. right? The invasion. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the one uh, quote I did find is, there is a, there's another uh, Borgalet article article on, on StarWars.com uh, mm. called why Borg freaks me out more than anything else in star Wars. <laughs> and it starts with a quote from the novelization that says the thing in the shadows repelled him, offended him on a level too intimate for words. Uh, yeah. th- that whole, that whole book, uh, that, that article is by Kelly Knox. Uh, that whole yes. book <laughs> is, is great at making you feel everything that the characters feel. So, uh, I remember enjoying that. I think it's great. I always want more details. I would have taken a lot more Borg uh clarity in the movie. Mm. I kind of feel like uh, I love Rogue One, but it is gritty. You don't get the weird and in, in grounded in reality. And you don't get as much of the weird side of Star Wars. And here's Borg <laughs> trying their best to be like, I'll hold down the weird. And it feels like the movie just wants to. It almost does feel to me like this was always a part of the movie but mm-hmm. at the end there wasn't a lot of interest in war and there was the let's get past that
3: <laughs>
5: yeah yeah i have to check that I, I saw the link to that article uh kelly Knox is great uh, i'm sure that's a fun piece there um yeah as far as reading it i think there's some i love rogue one and there's sometimes little things i look at the film we talk about the second act and maybe one more beat with the team and i just remember kind of my initial viewings not, you know, again, you're like, what it, what the hell was that thing, right? Did I, did I dream that? I thought I dreamed that for a second. Like, did Saw really call over an octopus to read his mind? <laughs> uh, and I don't know, I couldn't gather. Bodhi is played so wonderfully by Riz Ahmed as being a little panicked and a little, uh, you know, uh, jittery at times. Like, he's got that energy to him, which I love the way his choice is in that. It just tracks for this every man trying to do right and trying to get right here. So I was unsure a little bit. So I think maybe for me, when I read the novel, I was, it was one of those beats, along with casting came from a separatist separatist family, where it's like this is great information. I just kind of wish maybe that had been there. But as time passes, I think it all rolls into one. I think it is on screen. You do kind of get it. Um, but it just all it just also was fascinating to know the actual effects and th- the danger, the true danger of Borgullet.
6: Yeah, I remember when I saw the film, I thought it was going to come back. I thought, like, Bodhi yeah. was going to be impaired and there was going to be, like, a critical moment where he is having a hard time focusing, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of set up a little the, – the film makes me feel that way. I won't say it's yeah. set up that way. That's the way I took it. I, I also always was fascinated with the way Saw says, you know – the downside is that one tends to lose one's mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it always felt to me like he's talking from personal experience. And I was always curious of like, was there a moment that Saw feels like, am I lying to myself? <laughs> I better have Borg Gullet check.
5: Well, I also thought too that maybe uh, Saw was sampling the merchandise a little bit there.
6: Yeah, yeah. Like maybe there's another effect of Borg yeah. of like, yeah, I just want to forget that.
5: <laughs> so, um, so I'm going to
6: put on some records and call
5: over <laughs> Mr. Gullet. Gosh And for that takes us to like <laughs> Eternal sunshine Of the spotless mind territory
3: Yeah, yeah.
5: And, and yeah. It, But by the way It could track Where he's just like The pain The loss of Stila mm-hmm. And I have that Jumbled in my mind uh, Something there Something there Yeah mm. Yeah so, yeah, you mentioned up top here, uh, you know, we talk about different kind of Borgulans. Uh, Borgullens, this is one that kind of, I remember, I do remember reading this, but it, it faded to the back of my Star Wars love and mind. The Galactic Empire used a, a Mehran called Bor Ephraim on Dr. Afra. Now, this is more from Magna Tolvan. Uh, who had uh, the relationship with Afra and had uh, has some skin in the game on uh, making life miserable for Afra? Uh, but it's a wonderful relationship. It's a wonderful part of the Afra story. Uh, wonderful, and that it's so uh, just uh, not good. <laughs> it's a complicated relationship. Um, so got me thinking: Do you want to see more Boars, more Mayrans in Star Wars, or does that steal the spotlight from the prime Mayran Borgullet?
6: No, I, I'd be happy to see more boars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always like when there's a tip of the iceberg thing in Star Wars that you can have a lot of fun wondering, and then you get a little bit more information. Mm-hmm. the 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 bore thing, the getting, be- it's like the it's it's Darth all over again. Is that a name? Is that a title? Yeah. Oh, it's a title. Okay, like well, what is this? Is this? Do they go by, do they, when he, they first, you know, encounter someone and slap the tentacles on, are they also like, well, I'm, I'm checking your memories and feelings, but also please call me Bore Ephraim.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Why are,
6: the, the, why they're both named Bor and everyone, if everyone you met, is it a clan name? Are we going to meet like oh the, the Dank <laughs> social or whatever that's I the love, Bor family it, and
5: the Dank family? I love it. Like it's a house or a title. Yeah. <laughs> that could be a different time this is more of a doctor this is more of a yeah we talked about the jedi order stuff uh, earlier this week it could be more specific uh oh, that's interesting uh, yeah so i enjoy wondering
6: i'd be happy to hear more i think the the nature of them to me is kind of like uh, i would love to see more as long as even more mystery is created right like mm-hmm. i want to feel like they're the kind of things that you know desperate maybe not great people like uh uh saw desperate for saw not great people for the the imperial um that they're that they use them without fully understanding what they are or, or without yeah. fully respecting the the creature's independence
5: oh there's something that uh, uh the rise of the boars
6: mm-hmm.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
6: the, the boars have had enough
5: yeah because there's something a little bit more in the i didn't write it down the wikipedia that like the empire had like three of them on ice like they kept mm. them on ice they brought them out so, yeah, maybe there's uh, they don't use them the right way. And that borg does have kind of a, a uh, you know, good give and take, a good relationship with Saw and the partisans. Uh, and that, the, yes, feed me more, feed me more truths. So I, I love I wouldn't mind exploring that. Would you want yeah. a bonus question? Would you want to see if there's more expanding the, the mythology here of, of uh, Mehran's or, or, or Borg's? Only to what that title might mean or what it means, but like one takes one, one feeds on truth, but maybe one stokes your anger or one is one is to calm you. Like, get, get get a, get a, get boar flower. Boar flower comes in and calms you down. It just calms you down. It just takes your worries and anxieties and removes it.
6: Boar, boar flower only puts tentacles on uh pressure points and releases. Generally releases toxins and makes you feel better. Yeah.
5: Bore acupuncture. And it's a lot of a
6: Yeah. I mean, I would love to see, you know, uh, uh, maybe like a high Republic story of like a, a Jedi who's very in tune with animals who maybe knows where they come from and is good to them. That kind of thing. I'd love to see a story of like the Trandoshans trying to hunt a Mayran and absolutely paying for it.
5: <laughs> I love that. A uh, high Republic's a great spot for one.
6: Yeah. Mm. Boars in the High Republic Mehrons in High Republic
5: Yeah, Marquion Roe's like, hey, I got this new thing <laughs> yeah,
6: They that. do feel related to some of the creatures That mm-hmm. uh, Marquion Roe
5: has used Love that Alright, we are still rolling here But we're going to take a quick break And come back and make it all personal As we uh, also rate the weirdness The wonderful weirdness of Borgala Stick around for more Data Bank Dive
3: Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm
1: Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.
5: Welcome back to episode 10 here on the four center podcast feed of data bank dive. I'm Ken Napsok. Joseph Scrimshaw is with me here and we are discussing boar gullet. We always like to kind of make it personal. Joseph, maybe get a little silly. We've talked about some serious things, some themes, uh, how boar gullet looks. But I have this question that I have to admit, I was like struggling where to, and then my, I just, <laughs> this came into my head and I was like, you know what? Normally I'd say no, but I'm going to go with it. Joseph, who would you rather take a nap on, Borgullet or Jabba the Hutt?
6: <laughs> I have this overwhelming feeling that Borgullet is just doing what they need to do to survive. Maybe not even fully aware that they're causing deep trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to blame Borgullet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to shame Borgullet, but I don't want those tentacles wrapping around me and making me gibber. <laughs> Which, by the way, is an absolute Lovecraftian word that that he uses all the time for gibbering things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that even that is indicative of Borgolat's history. So yeah, I don't. I'm not going to nap on something that's going to make me gibber. That's just a general rule of life for me. Uh, so I got to go with Job of the Hut. I know that it's probably either a great personal risk. Uh, to nap on Jabba the Hutt, (laughs) like some Tatooine kid lost a bet and you got to sneak in there and try to nap on Jabba Uh, or it, or Jabba's choosing this, which is probably even worse for me. Uh, Mm. But at the end of the day, I would at least know what Jabba feels like. And that Mm. has been such a joke Mm. that Diego Luna wants to touch Jabba. Our our partner, Jennifer Landa has done wonderful uh, videos about what Jabba truly feels like. If I got to nap on Jabba, at least I would finally have answers for Jennifer and Diego Luna. <laughs>
5: <laughs> and look one, one of the things uh, you know, Jabba he ain't a, he ain't a nice hut. We know this, but he does at least have to provide pillows up there. <laughs> uh, it's the uh, the feel, it's the potential smell that might be the issue here. Ooh. And uh, yeah, I you know the the thing is if if you're if you're like a partisan, let's say you just kind of you're getting along with Borg Gullet and Borg Gullet respects you. You respect Borg Gullet. (laughs) I could see there be a, Hey, just as long as you don't read my mind, can I, can I rest up against you here? And then maybe Borg fine with that. Or again, maybe sampling the merchandise isn't a bad thing. And there's different, uh, you can set, set Borg Gullet to different settings. Can you remove anxiety today or something like that? So that could be possible. The threat with Jabba is underneath them is the Rancor. You kick too much in your sleep, or me snort too much in your sleep. Jabba might, you know, middle of night dump you into the Rancor pit. Uh, you know, we don't want to be into the in the horrible position that Ula and Leia were in. There, that's not us. Mm-hmm. But I got if you know, Salacious B. Crumb looks like he had a nice, comfortable life while he had it there.
6: Oh yeah. And with the, how fascinated he is just with the tail movement, you know there's some nights I, where Salacious Crumb tried to sneak up there and take a nap, right?
5: Can we just, that's actually one of my underrated favorite moments in Star Wars. It's great. It's amazing that in this franchise that we all take so seriously because we should, it's inspirational, but also don't overlook how silly it is. You have a Kowakian monkey lizard studying the waving tail of his (laughs) master.
6: It's like it's his favorite GIF. He never gets tired of watching it.
5: (laughs) It's the best. Well, you know, uh, there's pros and cons. Pros and cons. I think at the end of the day, I might go with Java as well. Poor, poor Gullet. Um, uh, final question here. If you had your own uh, Mayren, we, we kind of stumbled on this away, way, but what would you name it and maybe what would you want to use it for?
6: Mm, ooh, what do you want to use it for? Yeah. Wow. And by the wow. way, I
5: mind, when I say name it, what name would you want to maybe discover it to be? I, want, I do want to give some agency here to the boars of the world
6: oh yeah uh, man what what the what the actual uh follow-up name is to Boar. Uh, yeah <laughs> well I made the joke about Bob longhand so I'm just gonna go with that Boar longhand like, <laughs> like that to be the actual name yeah and then if it was a pet you know what I, I think happens with a lot of us we mm-hmm. name our animal uh with kind of a, a proper respectable or even a fun name and then we come up with all the little nicknames <laughs> <laughs> uh so i think i would end up calling boar longhands like boar boar the boar guy
5: <laughs> uh i love that if yeah what's the name of your childhood dog and street it'd be uh, boar yeah inky. boar inky boar <laughs> walnut would be what we got
6: <laughs> boar inky walnut i think uh i think i'd use a uh, uh, boar longhands uh to help make decisions right yeah.
5: um oh yeah
6: like i i'm working on it sometimes i'm real decisive if i'm on a mission and i can mm. see the end goal and the, the 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 choices along the way i i can be kind of brutally efficient but so, yeah. if i get caught in indecision i get caught real real bad of like is that the right choice mm. uh so if i could have bore longhands just look into my soul and tell me which thing i actually want <laughs>
5: that's that's actually brilliant i'll, t- I'll tell you why, because uh like I would uh, – I'm trying to think of my board name here. Boar, Boar Inky might be it.
6: Uh, the That's poodle, damn good.
5: The poodle that I had as a kid, Inky. Um, I, I would want to see if – if and maybe this is a little bit what Saad did as well, not to remove any uh, anxiety and, 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 and memories that he wants to get rid of, but kind of like what is my truth? And what do I want in the decisions in front of me? Or what do I want to be as a comedian on stage? Cause I sometimes struggle with what voice mm. am I trying to put up there? What's truly inside of me. And maybe you sit down with Boar Inky and you plug in and you come out with a little bit, you know, it's a little bit of a spiritual journey into the <laughs> desert to find out what you really want. Uh, now I'm,
6: now I'm picturing Boar Inky and, and Boar Longhands are like, they're on a couch with glasses and like,
5: talk through your feelings. Yeah. yeah. No. Let's see what you really want. I think, I think that'll be it. You know, that's the question we all get asked. I get asked often. Well, what do you really want? I don't know. <laughs> we don't know. More inky. More inky. Figure it out. You figure it out. All right. All right. This has been fun. But mm-hmm. the biggest reason we're here, as as with all of life, we must rate things. We must rank and rate, rank and rate. So we're going to uh, rate the wild and weird factor of Boar Gullet. Our rating is based on one of the original Star Wars weirdos, Lobot. So maybe one day we'll just do Lobot. So out of ten Lobot heads, one being the least, ten being the most, how many Lobot heads do you give Boar Gullet, Joseph?
6: I am going. So very high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going 9.5 out Ooh. of 10. Uh, Borgalit, like, yeah, design-wise, it's a it, giant, wet squid head with tentacles that suck feelings. Like, it, it, it's it, all made up out of parts that we recognize, but it, the overall effect is this creepy, squelching <laughs> nightmare that we don't fully know or understand. Uh, super weird. Poor Gullet, one of the only things holding down the Star Wars wild and weird factor in the otherwise great but very grounded Rogue One. I'm only taking the .5 off of a perfect 10 uh, because we had a long run of of tentacles in Star Wars. I yes. think we need a little bit of a tentacle break that took the edge off of Borgallet that we'd just been to tentacle town with the Rath Star.
5: <laughs> love that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the Wrath Yeah, that's a great call. Um, yeah, so this, I, I'm with you. I, I was I was thinking this might be a 10 out of 10. And for a lot of reasons, maybe, maybe that's the right ranking. Uh, but I'm going to go 9 out of 10 only because it's, it's When you look in the, in, in, in the context of Rogue One, it's a 15 out of 10. <laughs> right. <laughs> but when you look at the bigger picture of Star Wars, this fits right in. It's not as weird as you'd think. It belongs. It's a celebration of so many of the elements of the, the creature world of Star Wars that it is more normal than you want to think. But at the same time, it's pretty weird. So 9 out of 10 for me.
6: That is, I think, a good call. We've, we've gone very high when it comes to Vorgolet.
5: As it, sh- we should, because the Borgullet is something special. All right, my friends, that is databank dive for this week. We love diving into the databank. We'll be doing some more. We got a Star Wars rank coming up soon too, as well. It's our uh, Sunday program, and usually a little lighter. A little more fun. Not that we don't have fun the rest of the time, but I think y'all know what I mean. We love kind of looking at all the wild and weird sides of Star Wars. That's what we do here. You can find all things that we do by just simply going to our Twitter feed, if you want to, at Force Center Pod. There you'll find links to our Patreon page, other shows, where you can get merch, all that stuff, a nice link tree, and all that good thing. All right, my friends, that is it for me. Uh, I'm Ken Napsok. You can follow me at Ken Napsok. Joseph, where can they find you? What's weird in your life?
6: You can find me on almost all the social media is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And that's the weird thing that I'm still on lots of old social media. I think I have a peach account. Anyway, uh, find me on social media at Joseph Scrimshaw.
5: I do as well. And follow me on Vero. No, seriously, follow me on Vero. We'll see you next time. This was 4-7.